welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2017 Annual Missions Conference. This is the first morning service of Sunday the 4th of June 2017, entitled The Treasure of God's Ownership, and the Bible reading is taken from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. Here's missionary Tom Hastings. It's good to be here again with you all this morning. It's been a great blessing this week, and... <clears throat> I've enjoyed preaching to you and getting to know you better. I was thinking this morning, some people think I'm, I'm old. <clears throat> I'm not old. I'm a young man. I've just been young longer than some others. <laughs> but I tell you, God's been good and God is faithful. And today, this morning, we want to look at uh, the treasure of God's ownership, and look with me in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, of course it's talking about the creation of the world, the creation of Adam and Eve and things, and so we're, uh, let's stand in honor of God's word this morning, Genesis 2, beginning in verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that it, in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. There was not rain, a rain to till the, there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we God, we thank you today that you have created everything, that we are to worship you because you are our creator, and even uh, much more because you are our savior and have uh, paid the price through your own precious blood and life that you uh, laid down for us. And God, I pray that we would always recognize your ownership of us, body, soul, and spirit. Lord, we belong to you. And God, help us to honor you with all that we have. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We read here how that God created man specifically. And then verses 15 through 17 and the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, 
Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay, uh, God puts limitations. Uh, some people say, why was there a, a tree of good and evil, the knowledge of that? But this is some gave man an opportunity to recognize God's ownership of everything. Uh, there's limits that he puts into our lives. And really all of God's creation uh, recognizes and honors God as the owner. Uh, the, the, you can read through the Bible and we see it. Uh, all animals and such, they obey God's command. There's not a time that I see anything in the Bible where an animal of any kind or, or a plant was rebellious against God. That comes to us human beings. We're the ones that get rebellious and do that. And God sets the limit within his almighty authority. And it's important for us not to rebel against God's authority and the limits that God set. Uh, a reminder, oh, this is a testimony that we recognize God's ownership of everything. How good would it have been for Adam and Eve that they had recognized and honored that they were not to eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could have just walked in sweet fellowship with God under the blessings of God. And wow, that, how wonderful that would be. But they did not. And when we fail to recognize and honor the limits that God puts us, we bring ourselves under the, uh, where we do not get the full blessings of God. Uh, <clears throat> we must remember that God never gave the garden or his creation for our possession, but it's strictly for our use. For our use. We have the use of it. We can be thankful for that. Uh, in, in Psalm 24 and verse 1, God's word tells us, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. God created all this. Praise God, we should honor him. And then also in Psalm 50 and verse 10, God's word says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Uh, you know, he, I've heard someone say, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the thousand hills too. He owns it all. Praise God, and we need to honor and recognize this. King David knew this also. At the time that uh, God had moved him to, uh, to prepare for the temple, the building of the temple, and they gave, and, and he gave a great deal of his own. We talked about this the other night. At one point, he gave like the equivalent of $90 million of gold, just of the gold that he gave for the creating and building of the ta uh, temple. And he said this at the time that it was created and the and they gave this and the people also gave. In uh, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 13, King David said this, Now therefore our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I 
And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own we have given thee. So when we come and we give to God, we're, basic, we're just giving back a part of all that he gives us. And we should be thankful that we can do this. And it shows our love and appreciation and obedience to the creator of all things. So his laws of blessing and his laws of uh, ownership is shown by what he limits us to do and our honoring of the limits that God gives us. This is also shown in the Sabbath day that we should be a separate day also unto the Lord to honor and glorify him. There's a lot of things that we could talk about that, but that's another lesson in itself. But uh, anyway, it's revealed also in the Sabbath year. I don't know if you've uh, thought or known, uh, thought much about the Sabbath year. Look with me in Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 25, <clears throat> in Leviticus 25, God set in the Sabbath year. Uh, we read here in chapter 25, beginning with verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord, that thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard, that which groweth of its own accord of the harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee and for thy servant and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth in the, in, with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in the land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. That means that uh, every seventh year they were not to do that, and whoever was, say, a beggar or a poor or a stranger coming through, they could eat of that thing. They weren't supposed to. It was kept apart for them, <coughs> and they were not supposed to eat of it. Now, uh, we read further, beginning in verse 18. Wherefore, ye shall do my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land safely. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill, and dwell therein in safety. And if ye say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather our inkeys. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year and eat of old fruit until the ninth year, until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. So here is talking about God provides in his way that they honor this. Now Israel... If they came into the land, this was a very clear teaching and put in, in God's law given to Moses. And they, they were all knew this. 
But basically, they did not honor that. Year, century after century, or decade after decade, they did not honor the seventh year. You know what came out of that? The Babylonian captivity. It says that, that God took them and put them away and put them in that, and the land had their 70 years where it had peace and quiet and on to that. That seventh year was something that God says, that's mine. You're not supposed to do it. And as they did not honor that, God took care that it was honored. And I always say, you know, with the tithe, the tithe is a tremendous blessing to us. It's, uh, I tell you, nine-tenths with God's blessings on it is much more than ten-tenths without the blessing. Uh, you just cannot, you cannot outgive God. And if you honor God, God will honor you. And they did not honor the Sabbath year for the land, and so God took it. It is God's, and we will pay our tithe. We will give our tithe to God. God's going to take it if we don't give it. If we give it, we get a blessing. If we don't give it, God will take it. And so uh, you can say you're not going to give it, but God will bring it. Uh, we have a family in the church, in our church. New, they got saved probably a few years ago. And he, that, this family has some problems, particularly the leadership of the father, in giving the tithe. They, they just says, well, we're, we're giving, but we just can't give the tithe. And you know what? We heard, oh, several months ago, they said, we have got a big problem with our house. We have a big problem with our house. They said, uh, there's, there's a leak in the, and, and there's moisture in the, uh, in the basement. Uh, and, and the problem is that there's a, a connection for the water underneath the front steps of our house. And the only way that we're going to be able to get to do this, to get that fixed, we're going to tear up the whole front steps. And, and it's very expensive. We can't do this. Uh, I'm not sure to this day that they comprehend God. They're going to be, lose that money that they should give to God. You cannot do without that. I mean, it's going to be there, and it's something that shows our ownership and God's blessing upon this. Uh, so we need to realize this. Uh, the Lord Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You know, it's easy to say, well, do you love the Lord? Yes. If you love me, keep my commandments and keep my principles. And uh, so we try to help people. And believe me, this is a blessing to people. Uh, I, I, there was a time in my life, in my ministry, when I was young, and I was sort of hesitant about tithing because you meet people in very stringent, difficult situations. Sandy and I remember very well uh, Rita Nolta, who was in our church at the very beginning, very toward the beginning of it. And she came in a very difficult situation. Her husband, her husband was involved in gold uh, jewelry. And he was uh, having problems with Alzheimer's. And he had made some very poor decisions and had brought them in uh, some real poverty. Uh, in debt. It was like, uh, I'm trying to think, $90,000 uh, worth of debt that he had because of bad decisions. 
And so they came and she was, they were taking care of him at home. And, and she, they had two boys. So there's problems involved in this. But God got a hold of her heart and realized that she needed to put God first in her life. And she was giving to God what God had, uh, the tithe and such. And she was depending upon God. She was limited in how much she could work because uh, the, the government of Germany was taking care of many expenses concerning her husband's illness. And even being a place when he got to a point where he couldn't be at home, that he could be taken care of in a, a different place. And if she earned too much money, then she would have to take over that and the government wouldn't do it. So she was very limited what work she could even do to earn money. But she was honoring God with her money that she got. And she cannot explain it. You talk to her right now. She could not explain how God did this. But inside of two years of serving God like that, God took care of that $90,000 debt. It's things that we can't explain. But I tell you what, God is able. There's nothing impossible with God. You may say, my circumstances, this, that, and the other. God. Let God and God's word have the rulership in our lives. Yes, uh, they came. We, you know, God is either the Lord and able to bless or else he doesn't. And if we obey, disobey, we will not experience a blessing. It's revealed also in the tithe as we honor the ownership of the Lord. All belongs to him and we can obey. We can do with or without him. Uh, Jesus Christ said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Now, that's not saying that we people can't do anything at all. We just can't do anything right. <laughs> we, we're very good at making a mess of things. This world and our economies, our governments are in terrible messes. Because we're not dependent and obedient to God. Uh, God will take care of things if we would just give to him. So it's revealed in the tithe. I don't know that you have noticed, <clears throat> but in, uh, when Israel came into the land, uh, in the book of Joshua, it is recorded there taking over and destroying or taking into captivity 10 different cities, particularly 10 different battles. The first battle was the battle for Jericho. And the first battle, God said, don't take anything of it. Don't take anything of it. Nothing, gold, silver, all of it, the people, nothing, everything is to be destroyed. And they did that, right? What happened with Achan? Achan came and he saw and he took. What happened to Achan and his family? They were all killed because of his disobedience. All the other nine cities that are recorded they took care of, they were allowed to take the, the benefit of it. But the first tenth was supposed to be, the first city was supposed to be hallowed. That's a picture of the tithe, that these things belong. God gives us pictures so that we can see how important it is to put him first. Jesus Christ said, Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But we have to realize and put God first. 
In Malachi 3, very famous verses that are used, and as your pastor said also last week, the tithe was practiced before the law was given. The law was, of course, supported this, but also afterwards Christ honored in his life. When they talk about tithe, in one place he said, these things ought to be honored, but also the other things that we're talking about, the the love and other blessings. But I read here Malachi 3, beginning in verse 9. He says, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room enough to receive it. And the next verse is even so important. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your wine cast uh, her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. By the way, this is the only place in the Bible where God says, prove me. Prove me. You have doubts about whether God will take care of you if you give your tithe. First, God first, prove him. He says, you try me. He wants to bless us. And it says, he not only will pour out a blessing, but he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Uh, There's many things that can happen to our lives that cause us problems, cause us expense. Just like I was talking about this family that had a problem with the tithing and they have a a big problem then with their house that costs them lots of money. God can keep things away from you, can keep uh, to where you don't have to uh, lose your job. How easy is it for someone to lose a job in this day and age? It's so easy today. And you may think, well, the government's going to take care of me. Man, in God we trust or in government we trust? I tell you what, this, the governments are not reliable. Uh, but we have a God who's in control of that. Like I told you the other night about Rosie Wolf who was in a wheelchair and very sick. And God commanded the government to raise how much she got to help take care of her. We have a God who's able to work all things together for good to them that love him. And we need to just realize how great he is and how important it is to honor his his ownership and what he says keep and what not to keep. Also, by the way, you violate uh, the ownership of God and you will lack God's blessing upon you. Now, this also applies as far as salvation. What about the cross of Christ? I mean, Jesus Christ died and provided God's salvation for people. But I tell you what, if you have Christ, you have salvation. If you don't have Christ, if you refuse that, there's no way that you can be saved. Uh, Our ownership of God is shown by the fact that he purchased us. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 and 20, God's word tells us, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Everything that we have is God's. And it really, we can be thankful that God blesses and gives us the nine-tenths, and much more than that many times. In 1 Timothy, I mean, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Christ gave his all for us. He held nothing back. He gave his life, his life's blood, and we ought to give him all that he paid for and purchased with his blood. It is his. Adam and Eve did violate God's law of possession and were cast into sin and destruction and darkness. We need to realize, and if you're here today without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can reject Jesus Christ and His claims on your life. But I can only tell you, if you do that, if you stay in this state, you will end up in a devil's hell, and it's not God's fault because He has provided in His Son Jesus Christ the full cost for our sins. Now then... If we do recognize and honor the Lord's ownership, this will free us from worry. Look with me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, which we also read the other night and, and spoke from some. But let's just read again here, beginning in verse 24, where God says our, about our ownership. In Matthew 6, beginning in verse 24, uh, no man can serve two masters, or either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is talking here about worldly values, worldly, worldly goods. You cannot live with the priority of finances guiding your life and serve God at the same time. You serve God, and God takes care of the finances. So we put God first. You cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more uh, than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more, uh, better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Whereof, whereof, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, or the unbelieving people, seek. 
For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Uh, Rosie Wolf that I talked about earlier. One time she was in a service and there was a, a missionary in the church service. And, uh, and they were taking up an offering. The missionary had a, had a special need. And she was sitting there and God was speaking to her heart. He said, you have 50 Deutsche Mark. Back then it was a Deutsche Mark. And says, you need to give that. She was a single mother raising two small children, babies at home. And she was saying the 50 euro that she had in her pocketbook was the only money that she had. And just how, if I give this money for this missionary, how in the world am I going to have money to buy food for my, and for my children? How am I going to, don't, I don't have any other money. And she argued with God. I know you never argue with God, but she argued with God. How can I? How can I give this? Finally, she yielded and she gave the 50 Deutsche Mark. That's, that's about the same as at that time of something like 12, uh, 20 euros, I mean 20 uh, pounds, something like that. And, and so she came and she gave that. The next day in the mail, the next day in the mail, there was a letter from her aunt. Her aunt, and she hadn't heard from her aunt in a long time. Her aunt had never sent her money before. But there was a 50 Deutsche Mark bill in the, in the mail for her. God honored her faith. And God takes care. He has means to supply for us that we have no comprehension of. And uh, we limit God by not recognizing his limits and honoring him with the first fruits of our life. There's such a blessing there for us. Uh, <clears throat> God provided all the needed for Adam and Eve in the fruit and the trees. Without that tree of knowledge of Eve, they didn't need that, uh, that fruit of that tree. Uh, we need to grow our faith uh, as we recognize God's ownership and his working in our lives, and on it, we can grow in our faith. It frees us from worry. It grows our faith. In 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 and 8, God's word says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know, when we come and give, really, if, you, if we cannot give with the heart of love and joyfully, God loveth a cheerful giver, uh, you know, this is when we give by faith. This is faith promise. This is not a uh, forced promise. This is faith. This is loving. This is as we come and you love the Lord, it's good to give. If you love somebody, it's good to give to them. You enjoy giving to them. And the problem, if we have a problem giving the tithe, if we have problem giving to God, it's because there's sin in our hearts. 
we're not completely right with God. And we need to come and humble ourselves and, and do it at home wherever, but give it to where you have a joyful heart when you can give to God and live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we give by faith. Now, it does several things. Re realizing God's ownership and showing it, it frees us from worry. It grows our faith. I believe that faith promise and uh, tithing is some of the key things in our spiritual growth in the Lord. Uh, but it's about our attitudes and our prayer. It allows us also to have God's full blessing. We, we read that in Malachi 3. It says he wants to open, prove him. He wants to open the windows of heaven. He wants to protect us. He wants to provide for us. But we too often live by sight and we have to know it. And either day God is able and faithful or we need to go out and just uh, grow potatoes or something. You know? I mean, if God isn't God, then what, it's all in vain even being here this morning. Believe me, He is on the throne and I pray He's on the throne of your heart this morning. Praise God if He is. He has such victories for us. Christ says in Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given unto you. It doesn't say you, He might... It might be given to you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, we, it's time that the fields are growing. They're, they've been, the seed, most of the seed has been planted by the farmers. And the, you know, how can they do that? How can they go out there? Seed is something what we make our bread out of. It's food. And we're taking the food that's for feed, uh, the food that's for feed, and we're going out there and we're planting it. How does that work? Why we need that? No. If they, they know the farmers, if they do not plant the seed, they will not get the harvest. And the same thing's true with our lives. If we do not give to God that which is his. We will not get the harvest that God wants us to have. It's just a basic rule of nature in our lives. We need to give and put him first in our lives. And believe me, God has windows and blessings that you cannot even possibly uh, 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 phantom until you come and by faith give it unto God and give him what God wants in your life. What he, he comes and really, we only want for you, what God wants from me, to give what God desires and what is right for me. And what's right for you is not right for somebody else. But believe me, there's some principles there if we will honor. Believe me, God will indeed honor you. And uh, I thank God that I can serve God and that I can give my tithe. I can give my offerings. And uh, it is a blessing to give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And until you realize that in your life, you're cutting out so much pleasure and blessings in your life. And I believe this, that you are as a church, a very giving church, a loving church, and God has blessed you greatly. And the, more, the best blessings are yet to come. Okay, at this time we want to look to the Lord in, in, uh, in prayer. Our Lord and God, I thank you today that you've given us such wonderful provision such wonderful blessings. Uh, and Lord, you, you give such uh, exact leadership as far as showing what you want us to do and not to do and what to give and not to give. 
And God, help us to come by faith and truly to seek your will concerning what we should commit personally on a a week-to-week or a monthly basis, what we give to you for missions. Lord, that's the heart that you had for your church and for us to be involved in the salvation of souls around the world. God, help us to be full of faith, to be obedient. And God, I thank you for the faith and obedience that has been in this church for many years. May you grow them. May you help them. May we all grow in faith and give you honor and glory. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.